Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Joshua chapter 4, verse 10. If you get your Bibles out and you get your tablet out, I want to really release. Now, again, I, we're, we're a spiritual church, but I give you permission to say amen. I give you permission to shout. I give you permission to, to say glory. Just don't throw anything at me. And, and we're going to be good, all right? I, I'm continuing a, a long series that I don't even know when it's going to stop, but I've been, the Lord has been giving me a journey to, to really study biblical characters in Scripture and pull principle, prophetic principles out of these, these stories to apply in our life. And I tell you, today's message is going to be so prophetic for many of you because the book of Joshua is not only a book about conquering, get ready to put your seatbelts on. If you study the book of Joshua, it's a recipe on how to transition well. In the midst of shiftings, in the midst of transitions, physically, emotionally, spiritually, Joshua teaches us principles on how to shift and transition properly in the middle of seasons of transition. Can I hear an amen? So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit that makes us whole. We thank you for our teams. We thank you for leadership. We thank you for giving your word and letting it become a fire in our heart in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Luke, I mean, Joshua chapter 4, verse 10, in the New King James, it says this. Now, I want you to see this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a couple scriptures. If you're okay, I'm going to give you a little bit more scriptures today than usual. So the Bible says, the priest who bore the ark whew, stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished. I want to read that again because this is a prof- prophetic foreshadow of something that I want to talk about. The priest who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished. Now you have to understand, this was in a transitional moment where they were all, the whole country of Israel, the whole, the whole entire country of Israel was crossing over the Jordan to the other side, okay? And so that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people. According to all that Moses had commanded, Joshua and the people hurried and crossed over. Then it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, that the ark of the Lord and the priest also crossed over in the presence of all the people. Can I hear an amen? So Joshua was learning an important and yet very profound lesson here in this story. As we study Joshua or the book of Joshua, there's a, there's a couple prophetic um, realities that I want to declare to you that it's so important for the now in your life because I don't know what season you're in, but I guarantee that there's been many times that you've learned, had to learn how to navigate inner shiftings in your heart, that you had to navigate transition in your life. Now, we, li- we lay- limit transition only to physical transition, and yes, that is also true, but transitions have to do with emotional shiftings in your heart, emo- uh, mental changes that the Lord wants you to do, uh, uh, relational shiftings. Come on, somebody. Relational shiftings that happen, and so the book of Joshua actually gives us an insight, especially the first couple of chapters, on how to properly adjust just during shifting seasons. Think about this. And how to properly, now this, this, this may, is not preached that much, but I want to share this with you, how to properly transition well. Now we have a negative uh, stigma of transition because we think transition is always uh, um, 
bad in nature. As a matter of fact, the transitions that God is releasing in the body of Christ is actually not a sign that you're doing necessarily something wrong. It's actually a foreshadow of a door that he's about to set you in front of and a new assignment that he wants you to concentrate on. Come on. And I want to tell you something, this is just a little intro, you could always know when you're shifting inside, when the Lord is causing certain shifts, certain friendships or relationships to, to, to be let go or gained, there's certain emotional transitions. You know that you're going through a transition in your life when it's preceded by a season of frustration. You know that the Lord is about to bring you into a season of transition or an open door of some kind, whether it's in your business, uh, whether it's you're in a ministry, whether it's in a deeper assignment that God has for you. But usually nine times out of ten, the reason you know that is because sometimes you feel dried up and you feel all um, frustrated. But that is usually an indicator that you're about to transition into something that is going to make your heart alive. But the problem is, is if we don't understand seasons of transition and misinterpret those seasons, we can abort where God is wanting to bring us to. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and sometimes we, the church only focuses on open doors, but I'm here to tell you he's not only the God of open doors, he's the God of closed doors. Yes, he is. Because the book of Revelation says, Behold, I am the God who opens the doors that no man can shut and shuts the doors that, watch, no person can open. Even you. Sometimes we're so bulldogged on something that we want and we're trying to push it open. We're trying to get all our friends to push it open. And, may, and we blame the devil for it not opening. But maybe God closing that door because he's wanting to transition you into something that will make your heart alive and give you, bring you into the purposes of God for your life. I'm preaching good in the morning. I mean, in the, in the early time. So Joshua here was in a pivotal moment. He was in a pivotal moment in his life. He was in a transitional moment. He was in a shifting moment because you, it takes a certain type of understanding of Scripture to know how to shift well and transition well because many people don't like change. We don't, we don't like change. And so here's the thing. In, a, in the midst of any shifting in your heart or any transition in your heart, you have, there's always a backstory to any transition. You will never know how to celebrate someone's excitement unless you know that they spent a lot of time in the wilderness. Until you know that they spend a lot of times in, in, the, in the desert dry places so that when they come to a place where you, it seems like things are closing and, or jobs are closing or, or relationships are ending or, or transition is happening in your heart, it, it's almost like, I know because I can write a book on this, <laughs> it's almost like, and, and again, I'm a male, so I'm, what I'm about to say I don't know fully, but it's like giving birth. All the men are looking at me like, what, the, what, is, he, what is he talking about? <laughs> Giving birth to something is painful, but sometimes those birth pangs that you're feeling is God trying to teach you how to transition well. Listen, listen to me. How you exit one season in your life is how you enter the next one. You better write that down. You better write that down. 
how you exit a certain season, a certain relationship, a certain job, a certain ministry, a certain friendship, a certain family member, how you exit that season and into the next door that God has in your life will determine what you get on the other side. And so, so Joshua uh, was, was doing this because most of the time when people transition, they get nervous. Or when there's a shifting, how many have felt the shift in your heart in certain areas of your life or certain times of your life? There's been shiftings with things, inner, inner shiftings in your heart to adjust properly. Now watch. You get nervous. If you, don't know, if you don't know how to transition well in your heart, spiritually speaking, mentally speaking, emotionally speaking, if you don't know how to transition well, you'll blame yourself. You'll get offended. You're, you'll be hurt. You'll be misunderstanding. And sometimes what would happen is you'd just be stuck in a rut in that, in that time. And so the reason why I believe transition is difficult, we're talking about Joshua here, transitioning. Why do, you, why do I say transition in the, my first point of my message when it comes to Joshua? Because you have to understand where Joshua was at this point of his life. All of his life up to this point, Moses did everything for him. Up until this point, he saw the glory of God. He experienced the glory of God. Moses was a mentor to him. Moses was a father to him. Moses was a leader to him. Moses is the one that demonstrated signs and wonders to him. So, so watch this. So he became familiar. Don't let me preach here now. Look, he became familiar with the good. It was very good. It was just laid back. Moses do that. He's the leader. Man, I'm enjoying the glory of God. I'm enjoying the presence of God. Now, when Moses was dead, he's crossing over. He's in a pivotal moment of his life where he now needs to learn how to transition into a place of leadership that he's never been before. Because now Moses was not there to do it all. Moses was not there to teach him all. He is now going from one season in his life to a season of authority, of leadership that he had never been before. As a matter of fact, in Joshua chapter 3, when, they were cross, when God was giving instruction to the children of Israel to cross over, he said, let the ark be 2,000 2, uh, cubits, uh, I believe the measurements of the 2,000 cubits in front of you. He says, don't go near it because you have never been this way before. Sometimes in the midst of a shifting season in your heart, He's going to lead you to, a, to new revelations that you've never been before in his word. New, new places in the spirit that you've never been there before. And so what happens is that there, there is a season where God needs us to exercise our faith. Without faith, if you're shifting in a certain season of your life, you need to know that this is from the Lord if it is from the Lord. Most of the times if it's from the Lord, don't resist these shiftings. And the reason why transition is difficult, because transition brings with it unfamiliarity. It brings an area where you totally have to trust in the Lord. And, and, and here, let me see this. Uncertainty, not only frustration, but in almost any transitional season or shifting season in your life, there's almost always a sense of loss attached to it. What I mean by that is that there's a, there's a certain letting go of something in your life when it comes to needing to cross over to the other side. You will see in Scripture that Joshua had to learn how to let go of certain things in order for him to cross over successfully. There's certain things that we have to realize that uh, it, 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 and it's all for good. Say good. 
Say good. So to better understand this, you have to see the backstory of Joshua in order for us to break down what led him to this point. Please hear me what I'm saying. What led Joshua to a point where he obeyed the inner uh, shiftings in his heart to be able to align himself where, where God wants him to be. I believe in life there's always going to be shiftings in our hearts, in our lives. There's seasons. We don't understand seasons, and so we think, you know, we're going to be in something forever. Well, the only thing that's forever is Jesus and taxes. <laughs> Death, Jesus, and taxes. But, there's, but we realize that we need to celebrate where God is not, not, not just where, what God is doing that makes us adjust when he adjusts. When he moves, we moves. Watch this. You have to have a, story, a backstory to let him to this point. Number one in Joshua chapter one, the backstory was God was trying to teach Joshua courage. Say courage. So he was, he was teaching him courage because Moses is dead. So in Joshua 1, you know what, you know what the Bible says? That, he, that the Lord said to Joshua, he said, be of good courage because I'm about to give you leadership that you never walked in, Joshua, and you're going to lead people to inherit this land. And then he says, but here's how you be courageous. You just, you just don't say, I'm going to be courageous in Jesus' name. There, there it is. Courage just entered me. How do you be courageous? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The Word, the Word of God. You shall meditate on it day and night. This is like before he crossed over, okay, instructions, that your way may be prosperous to you. He says, didn't I say be of good courage? The, this book of the law shall never depart from your mouth, from your heart. In other words, if you want to transition well, make sure that you have the Word of God burning inside of you. Because that's the only way that you will remember how to respond correctly in the midst of seemingly offensive situations. I don't, I, let's take the mask off here. When you transition from one scene to the next, there is a, the enemy that's always going to try to bring offense to you. Because we take it personally. Uh, but God is doing something in you, and you have to know how to celebrate. And, and, and some of your transitions may be a commitment to holiness. Some of your transition is, uh, is some of you, you've been away from the Lord for six months, and there's been a transition that the Lord had allowed you to dry up so you could come to living waters of his presence, and you have to adjust to those shiftings. Don't say don't say no to what God is saying yes to. Don't say yes to what God is saying no to. And so uh, to better understand that, you have to look. Joshua 1 is courage. Joshua chapter 2, you know what Joshua chapter 2 was? He's talking about Joshua chapter 2. God was talking to Joshua about confidence, and he sent two spies to spy Jericho. And in those those moments, God was teaching Joshua, hey, the enemy actually fears you. Oh, man, I could preach another, I could, I could preach another 30 minutes on that. You have to have a revelation that the enemy is afraid of the believer when they know who they are in Christ. You say, how do you know they were afraid? Because he sends two spies to Jericho, and they come into a house of a harlot named Rahab, and Rahab goes, all of Jericho is trembling because of you. For we heard how the Lord, whoo, Split the Red Sea and walk, had you guys, this is before uh, newspapers and before uh, Twitter and before Facebook and before Instagram and Insta stories. How did they find out? It got to them. 
the way that the Lord worked. So God was saying, hey, listen, Joshua, before you transition into this next season, I want you to know you have to be courageous. You have to come against fear in your life. Number two, you got to know that the enemy is already defeated. Before you even get to that next place that I'm causing you to cross over, it's already done. The enemy has been defeated in, in your life in that season if you're obedient. So he's teaching him how to do that. In Joshua chapter 3, God is preparing with specific instructions how to cross over with the ark of the covenant, which is the glory of God. Now, because of time, I won't give you that. But for, the, for in any shifting season... There has to be this revelation. Now, you, when, in order for you to shift properly, you got to know when the Lord is shifting you. you got to know when the Lord is causing a door in your life to close and say, what are you doing in my life that's causing me to go deeper in you? The Lord is so merciful that he causes inner transitions and changes and shifting and the gears in your heart and your mind to shift so that he could get you to a place that he wants you in him. Now, I've never, uh, I've never driven a stick shift. Thank God. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an automatic guy all the way <laughs> since, ni- since 1989. But, the, but I tried stick shift one time, and it was horrible back when I was a teenager. But what I know about driving a stick shift is that if you, the, the person that operates a vehicle that is a, has, has a stick shift or clutch is this, that if the driver, oh, come on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something good here now, does not shift the stick at the same time the clutch is shifting, If they don't do it at the same time, then the vehicle stalls and it might just uh, uh, stay there and turn off. If you don't shift when the clutch is shifting at the same I remember one time being at a hill and and my dad was trying to do it and I was like, oh my God, and I was trying to do the the whole pedal thing, the whole thing, and it kept stalling on me. I'm like, no, he goes, when you shift, you have to put the thing at the same time you shift. Because if you don't do it at the same time that the gear is shifting, the, the, you're not hearing me. The vehicle is going, to, is going to shut down. In our spiritual life, if you don't shift when God is shifting in you, you're going to begin to experience a, a lag and a feeling that you're stalled. Why? Because there's nothing worse than God already shifting something and you're staying there without moving the spiritual clutch. Do you have to understand that sometimes we need to stop resurrecting things in our life that God has deemed dead? And a shift doesn't mean that you're better than anybody. It just means you're finally aligning yourself to what God is trying to tell you. When God speaks to you, you move. Wherever he moves, he moves. Wherever he goes, you go. If he's telling you, if the shift in your spirit is telling you, hey, you haven't gone to church in a while, you need to shift your thinking. Then align yourself with that shift. If, if, the, if the shift is saying, you know what, You're, you've been broken in your finances, align yourself with my word. You will see that when you shift, when he shifts, things will start moving. You, two wrongs don't make a right. How, how, how bad would it be if there's a fire in this building? God, oh, not, not in a wood building, glory to God. If, there, if there's a fire in this building and I'll say, hey, really quick, toss me a torch. I'm going to toss that fire in there. You can't. You have to have water. So 
there needs to be a shift in some of your thinking. And some of you right now, I prophesy to you, you're currently going through a, a, a spiritual shifting in your life. And to some of you, a physical shifting. You're, you're going through a physical transition, and how you respond in this season could either get you to a place where God's going to meet you on the other side of the Jordan, or you could stay stuck. You have to realize that I didn't want any of this, but when the Lord started shifting things in me, it did not mean that anything was wrong with anybody. It was just a shift. I could have ignored the shift, or I could have said, I'm going to shift gears when the Lord is shifting gears. And he, it is hard. And, but what happened is that he met me on the other side. Hello. From the other side. <laughs> edit, we'll edit that part, I guess. The word crossover in the Hebrew. Are you ready? Oh, man, I'm going to shout myself. I'm going to have church myself right now. The word crossover in the Hebrew is the word abar, A-B-A-R. You can look it up. There's many meanings, meanings for the word abar in Hebrew. It means physically crossing over, literally physically taking everything and crossing over, transitioning over. It means that. But you know one of the things that it says abar means? I couldn't believe this. And oh man, I started shouting in my study time. It means Literally, in the Hebrew, one of the meanings for crossover means to pass over, watch, to vanish, to cease to exist, to do away with, to escape. To pass over, to vanish, to cease to exist, to do away with, and to escape. Now, what does that prophetically sign up? If you want to successfully shift into a season that God is bringing the body of Christ in and you maybe out of deadness, you have to make sure that one thing ceases to exist. The crossing over is only going to be effective when you uh, cause your past to cease to exist. Because if you're going to go to the other side, bring all that stuff with you. But leave your negative and your past and your condemnation all the way behind. Because if you're going to cross over, God does not want you to take your failures with you. He doesn't want you to take because if you take your failures with you, if you take your condemnation with you, if you take your shame with you, you will never adjust properly on the other side because the other side is a new season. You don't want old stuff with new seasons. Yes, learn from your mistakes. Learn from your failures. Learn from, your, from the things that you slipped in. But let the, a bar, the crossover, take place where you, where you dissipate and vanish your past. Some of you can't even serve the Lord now because you're too uh, concerned that your past has ruined your record. You can't even get into a place of leadership because you're, you're being so hard on yourself because of all the failures. God says, if you're going to cross over, let it vanish. That's what crossover means. Let it disappear. If you want to cross over, say bye-bye to your past, and you're going to go to the other side where the Lord is going to meet you in. Now, that other side doesn't mean physical. That other side may be a mental change, a spiritual change, an emotional change. It's something that God has been speaking in you that you have to now just shift. Can I hear an amen? And so this is some prophetic realities of how I'm going to do it. Number one, if you want to write this down, some prophetic realities on how to cross over. In transitional seasons. Now, I have to be careful what I'm about to say. 
But in some transitional seasons, don't resist what the Lord is trying to tell you because sometimes the, the, the surroundings, not all the time, but sometimes the surrounding that we put ourselves in is negative. And sometimes a transition means you have to make a decision to drop it like it's hot. Some of those, some of those influences, come on, say man. Some of those advisors, come on. Some of those people who are speaking in your ear that are just saying, hey, just don't worry about it. Don't be submissive. Don't, talk, don't, don't do this and don't do that. You don't got to listen to that. And you, you don't got to serve God this way. And, and, and let's just party. Whatever it is. Some of you need to let things go. And sometimes those people that you have to let go or those realities that you let go is hurtful to you. Why? Because your soul and your spirit has been attached to it for so long. Sometimes it's a, not a person, but sometimes it is a person. Sometimes you have to realize that you can't get to the other side with old mentalities. Now, that one of the reasons why this is, what, what, don't, what I'm saying is, don't let any negative circumstance stop you from uh, crossing over. The second thing that I want to share, the second prophetic reality that I want to share when it, in the season of shifting, season of crossing over, uh, this is going to be powerful. I'm going to look at you. I'm going I'm to look at you. I'm going to tell you in Joshua chapter 9. I'm going to tell you the second one when we go to this scripture. This is so powerful. Look at Joshua chapter 4 and look at verse 9. Are you there? Say amen. The second tool to cross over properly, the first one is learning transitional season and shifting season in your life, okay? The second one is going to seem so simple, but I'm gonna, I saw this in the crossing over. I was like, oh my gosh. Joshua chapter 4 verse 9 says, Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the ark of the covenant stood. Feet of the priest who bore the ark of the covenant stood. Say stood. And they are there to this day. So the priest, verse 10, who bore the ark, everybody say stood. Stood in the midst of the Jordan, oh my Lord, until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua. Look at this picture. The Lord caused the priests to bear the ark on their shoulders. And the Bible says when the, when the feet of the priest that bore the ark hit the Jordan River, the Jordan River split, split and the whole nation, you know how long that's going to take? It's more than just crossing that street. You know how long it takes for an entire nation to cross over? And the Bible says that not only did they cross over, there is a prophetic symbolism that happened while they were crossing over. The priests stood their ground. In the midst of the, the turbulent waters around them, they didn't know it was going to close or, or, or catapult on them. They stood standing. And I'm here to tell you, the second thing that you and I need to realize when we're crossing over is that when all hell is breaking loose, all the rela relationships are breaking, all the hurt is happening, the Lord says something so anticlimactic. He says, stand still and stand your ground. Paul the Apostle, when looking and explaining on secrets how to overcome the enemy, he was so anticlimactic. You would think that Paul the Apostle would be like, hey, listen, I'm going to give you keys to stand, and I'm going to blow you away with my revelation how to stand. It's going to be so powerful. It was so anticlimactic, but when God is causing us to transition, what he's saying is don't 
Do, don't give in and buckle in. Stand your ground in the midst of the fiery darts that are happening. Don't cave in and give up. Stay standing. The priest stood standing in the midst of the, tribu- the, the tribu- turbulent waters that were around them, and they did not buckle up. They stood there standing until everything was finished. I'm wondering if we could stay standing on, on, on our faith when everything God has done has finished. The Bible says that priests stood there until everything was finished. We got a lot of good starters, but we don't got a lot of good finishers. We start really well in the body of Christ. We start really well in our churches. We start really well in our relationships. But when things start getting turbulent, we no longer want to stand in our marriage. Come on, somebody. When the marriage is getting, listen, listen look, look at what Paul the Apostle says. Look at what Paul the Apostle says. He says something so anticlimactic in Ephesians 6. Look at this. I'm going to give you something really quick. Ephesians 6, verse 13 and 14 in the NLT, uh, The apostle was describing how to stand. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you could be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will stand, be standing firm. Now, look at the next verse. Stand your ground. What? Wait wait a minute. Let me reread that again. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. The next sentence. Stand your ground. And another, another translation says, stand therefore. Where's the, where's the revelation here? Where, where's the revelation? You know, give me the keys to standing. He goes, just stand. He goes, and here's the key. Standing requires the absence of feelings. And the, and the implementation of faith. Because what God is asking the body of Christ is even when you don't feel like it, stay standing. Even when you want to walk away from that marriage, stay standing. Even when you don't want to give, keep giving. Even if you want to curse that person out, don't do it. Your feelings will be the greatest destroyer for you to stand. Oh, hear me now, hear me now, hear me now. If you go by your feelings alone, you will never stay committed to anywhere. If you stay by your feelings alone, you will never stay in a relationship. You're not all that hot. It's because of God in, their, in your life. Listen, listen, you marry people, it's not, it's not because you're just sexy and handsome like for 50 years that, did, that kept that marriage together. Don't fool yourself. It's because deep down inside, when they didn't feel like giving you a kiss, when they didn't feel like hugging you, and they wanted to leave, they said, no, my relationship with God is deeper than how I feel about you right now. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, let me just say this. You, you eventually get your breakthrough and your reaping if you just stand your ground. Listen, if you, don't have any, if you don't have any other reason to be thankful, you should be thankful that you're still standing after all the stuff that's happened to you this year. After all the stuff that you've been through and you're still standing, you should at least be thankful that you may not have done everything right, but I'm still standing. Come on. You, I, 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 I may have slipped, but I'm still here. I'm still going to church. I haven't died yet. I'm still, short. I'm still dragging my, fa- my, 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 my children to church. You should give yourself enough credit that you're still standing. 
In the midst of the divorce, stay standing. In the midst of a wayward child, stay standing. In the midst of a prodigal daughter, stay standing. In the midst of a prodigal son, stay standing. In the midst of financial ruin, stay standing. In the midst of someone not liking you, stay standing. In the midst of the church offending you, don't leave. In the midst of your spouse, the, the, the spouse not treating you right, stay standing. You want to transition well? You want to shift well? Stay standing. The priest stood still. I need the worship team here because I'm getting too excited by myself. I need the worship team up here. Everybody say, stay standing. Come on, in the midst of the water, stay standing. In the midst of the fire, stay standing. In the midst of the whirlwind, stay standing. No feelings are required for you to stand. It's only your faith in Christ. Because, listen, if you give in to how you feel, then you will gravitate to everybody that feels that way, and they will convince you not to stand. You will gravitate to somebody that was hurt just like you're hurt, and they're like, hey, man, you know what? You, you, I'm just not getting fed in church anymore. Me, me neither. I just, I just can't stand them. I just can't stand them. Yeah, me neither. And then what happens is that you allow open wounds and other people to dictate your direction of your own open wounds. It's like the blind leading the blind. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, yeah, Jesus, like, Jesus is so gangster sometimes. He's like, he's like, how can, I'm not worried about them. That's like the blind leading. Could you imagine, bro? Could you imagine Chris and me going like this? Come here. I'll show you the way. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not bumping into them. I know the right way. And I'm blind. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the, it's like the blind leading the blind. And you, but I love what Jesus said. He goes, leave them alone. He goes, they're blind. He, he's not even giving it, paying attention to them. You've got to get to a place when you, the Lord is transitioning you into your life that you have to shut your ears from negativity. You have to shut your ears. And listen, when you shut your ears to some negativity, you're going to seem like it's the world against you. But you have to stay standing. In the midst of the fire, stand. In the midst of argument, stand. Oh, 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 watch it. I feel this from the Lord. In the midst of you believing for a restored relationship that hasn't happened, stand. Uh, that's for somebody. I feel the Holy Spirit all over me here. That's for somebody. If you, are, you, if you, are, if you came to church by yourself and you wanted, so, or, 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 or your friend is, and you're, you're and your friend and you and your your uh, a relative are not speaking anymore, and you're standing in the gap. That's why it's called standing in the gap. It's not called sitting in the gap. Stay standing. The priest, can you imagine how, can I just be real with you? It's, it's tiring to stand. We, we spiritualize everything. Do you think that, that there was supernatural strength in those legs? Maybe, I don't know, but the Bible doesn't say it. The priest stood still, standing, while everybody was passing the Jordan. And it was after, oh, man, I'm, 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 I have a little revelation I'm going to share with you in a second. But the Bible says that the righteous will not be what? Moved. The righteous will not be moved. They will stay their ground. All the winds will hit them, and the unbeliever and the, and the backslider or those who are not having a relationship with God, they will be moved, but the righteous will not be moved. Can I give you some scriptures about not moving, about standing? 
Come on. How many are in a situation right now that you need to learn how to stand? Watch. And not give way to popular opinion. Sometimes the standing is not physical or, or, or mental. You know what it is? Standing up for truth. Sometimes there's so much pressure in the America right now to not talk about certain things of righteousness that you become, you become the, the, the foreigner when standing up for truth. But even just because it's popular doesn't mean that it's always true. Are you willing to be persecuted verbally because you stand up for scriptural truth? Thank you for those two amens. Or are we going to let society dictate our praise, our applause, and then not hold on to truth? The Bible says even in the last days, the very elect will be deceived. The very elect won't stand anymore. Come on. I'm making a clarion call to everyone in RCC. Here's the prophetic word for you. You want a prophetic word? Stand. You want a prophetic word? Stay standing. Don't give up. I'm going to give you some scriptures. Look at Proverbs 12, verse 3. Oh, this is good. Follow along with me. It's going to be up there on the screen. I'm going to pop off some scriptures on here with you. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous. I, re I remember when we were at OCC. We shall not be moved. We shall not be moved. It's like Hosanna songs, right? The righteous shall not be moved. But the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Say moved. Say the righteous shall not be moved. Examine. Uh, I could get in trouble here. Examine the frequency of what's made you move. Maybe you haven't been dug deep in the things of the Lord that's causing you to be shaken every time something happens. Can I just be honest and real with you? The Christians are some of the most weakest people I know. It should be the opposite. When you're, we're ready to backslide when our AC doesn't work in our house. That's it. You see how much I've been coming to church and, and tithing. And, and you know what? I, it's not working. There's no AC in my car, in my house. And I've tithed. And I'm, I'm giving up. But we're moved with every even wind of doctrine. Some really cool messages comes up. and like, hey, I'll grab that one. Oh, no, no, I'll grab this one out right, right now. And yeah, grab, grab all the revelation you want. But ask yourself, why are you unstable in your life? Maybe because you haven't learned how to stand. Look at Proverbs 10, verse 25. Are you getting something this morning? Proverbs 10, verse 25. Oh, I love this. When the whirlwind passes. Has anybody felt that you've had some whirlwinds in your life lately? When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. They won't be moved. The righteous has an everlasting foundation. But you know what I love? One of the greatest things that I love to key, to stay standing. You know, Paul the Apostle didn't give us real lot of revelation to stand. He just stand there for. Jesus was a little bit more merciful than, than Paul. He actually gave us a tip to stand. I'm going to give you a tip to stand. If you want to know, how do you stand in the midst of transition? How do you stand in the midst of shiftings? Oh, yeah, I hear that. Not just you shifting. I think sometimes we experience shifting in our lives when other people are shifting from us. When they're no longer there. 
We may be doing the right thing, but they, they may no longer be there for us, or our job may no longer be there, or resource may no longer be there. Can I hear an amen? Look at what Jesus said is a key to standing. Are you ready? I love this. Matthew 7, Beatitudes. Here it is. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, the word of God, and does them. Everybody say does them. Not just hears them, but does them. Watch this. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And what? listen, this, this doesn't make sense sometimes for people that are just new in the Lord. He's, he's actually commending this person who hears his word and does it. And then look what he says. The winds came. Blue on that good reality. The wind blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. In other words, Christians will experience the wind. Christians will experience the beating, and they'll actually feel it. Don't get too spiritual on me. You'll feel that wind. You'll feel that beating. It will hurt you. But he didn't say that you will be pain-free. He says, those who hear my word and believe and do them, that wind is going to come and that wind is going to try to stop you, but you will not topple because you're founded on the rock. Now look what he says next. Look what he says next. But everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them, that same wind is like a fool who built his house on the sand. Watch this. The rain descended. The floods came. Same thing that happened to the righteous. And the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. You want to know the key to standing in your marriage, standing in your finances, standing in the midst of transition, standing when people leave you, when jobs close down, when ministries are not there? Stay standing on his promises. And it goes back to what God said to Joshua. This book of the law should not depart of your mouth. Now watch this. I saved the best for last. The third thing that I got from this crossover story that's needed in times of shifting. Number one is understanding transition. When God shifts, you shifts, all right? Number two, stay standing like the priests were. Now watch this. this is, I saved the best for last. This is so powerful. I'm closing with this. <laughs> I promise. They had to make sure that the priests, not only with Joshua transitioned well, not only, oh man, did they have to stand while all of Israel crossed? Are you ready for this? Come closer. They had to make sure in the midst of their crossing over, in the midst of standing against the turbulent times, that they made sure they didn't forget to bring the ark on the other side. Listen to what I'm about to say. The priests just didn't stay standing. They stayed with the ark on their shoulders the whole time. And they made sure that when they crossed the other side, because of all the pain that they were going through in their legs, they could have easily dropped the ark and it would have been easier on their legs. It would have been easier in their burdens. But they carried the ark, which is the glory of God, the presence of God. And after everyone crossed over, they took the ark with them. The first thing that suffers when we're going through a transitional season is that we drop the ark when we get to the other side. We, we stop pursuing the presence of God. You ain't hearing me this morning. 
we start looking at the problem and we drop the ark because of so much pressure that we stop seeking the Lord. Come on. When we have turbulent times, how many have had turbulent times? And in those turbulent times, it is hard to search after God. The Lord says something powerful. Look at this. Look at this. This is so powerful. The Bible says that they stood still and they crossed over. And after everything was finished, the priests took the presence of God with them. Watch this. The ark was a wooden structure that was placed on Levites and priests' shoulders. And they ha- and was represented the, the, the glory of God to stand still. You stand still when you bring the when you keep searching after the Lord in the midst of the darts that are happening to you. If you're not like me, there's times I said I didn't want to search for the Lord because I've been faithful and 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 I've been standing and I haven't feel anything. But that's a temptation of the Lord. There's a wooden structure in the Old Testament called the ark that they carried on the shoulders. But there's also another wooden structure in the New Testament that was also used to be on people's shoulders. And that is the cross of Christ. The Bible says that those who carried their cross would carry it on their shoulders. In other words, the cross was symbolic of burdens. The cross was symbolic of trials. It was symbolic of pain. And yet Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Matthew 16. I'm, I'm done. Matthew 16. Look at this. Oh, listen. Look at it. Look at the ark on the shoulders. Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. We have preached of Christianity without picking up our cross. We have preached a Christianity that says, once you come to the Lord, everything is going to be peaches and cream and you have no problems at all. The Bible says, don't let go of the ark, but don't let go of the cross either. Because the cross is going to give you the redemption you need. Yes, it's going to be painful. Yes, it's going to be difficult. But that same tool that was used to be a burden to Jesus was the instrument to save all of humanity. He carried the instrument of burden that became the instrument of freedom. And I'm here to tell you that the things that you were bringing from the Jordan River, those burdens, the Lord is going to take those burdens and he's going to turn them to an instrument to defeat the enemy. The very weapon that the enemy used to get you into a place of bondage, when you come to the other side, you're going to start using that as a testimony, as a weapon in your hand. Come on! I want to challenge everyone to stand up. Listen to me. I feel strongly from the Lord. We're going to worship now. How many feel the Lord speaking to you? If you're in the midst of a transitional season, if you're in the midst of a waiting season, if you're in the midst of a shifting season, not only shift when he shifts, not only stand your ground, but bring the presence of God on the other side. Don't 
neglect the presence of God because you're going through turbulent times. I would dare to say over 50% of the body of Christ, when the severe trials hit them, they drop the ark. They stop seeking God. And I'm going to be old-fashioned for a second. They stop coming to church. Well, Pastor George, I need to go to church. Yeah, but here's what happens. Two weeks will turn to three weeks. Three weeks will turn to four weeks. Four weeks will turn. Before you know it, you've six weeks without fellowship and hearing the word and, and, and getting with other believers that your heart has become cold. When you're going through a turbulent season, make sure you bring the ark on the other side. Don't neglect the ark. Seek God harder than you ever seek. Stay standing, but let me tell you, now is the time to press in. Now is the time to fast. Now is the time to pray. Now is the time to say, I lift up my hands when I don't feel like a thing, where, I, where I'm about to be without a job, but this is the time where I need to lift up my hands. When everything is leaving me, now it's time. Come on, lift up your hands. If you, I feel that there's a grace for those who, who, who lo, the Lord is challenging you to stand. And you need a grace to stand in, in certain areas of finances. You need to stand in certain areas of your relationships. And the Lord says, bring the presence of God with you on the other side of this transition. Because it's going to help you to stand. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.